Alright everyone, welcome to episode 68 of Tunes Mate. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And Ray, this episode had an opportunity to sit down with the artist named Greg. And Greg writes music prolifically. You know, he's been posting it. His attitude is, I'm going to write songs. I'm just going to post them out there. I'm not going to spend a lot of time reproducing or I should say polishing them and, and making them sound perfect. Let's just get them out there. And he also has talked about that the way he tests his material is he goes out and he busks. So he'll grab a corner and he'll play his songs and he's like, well, some songs I don't realize they really sound great in the studio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I get out and perform them live, seeing the audience reaction makes me rethink the right. song that I've written. And I know this harkens back to some episodes we've talked about in the past about roaming musicians. And it just seems that if you go to New York City, anywhere you go, there's generally a street performer, somebody playing music. And some people, this is their life. Some people just do it to have fun. There's a lot behind busking. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you think about it, I mean, just about every, not probably every, but just about every act you, you know of, they got started, you know, with live music. So whether it's, you know, they did local tours and uh, or local bars or whatever, or they did busking or, you know, they were out there doing something. I remember um, listening to an interview with AJR recently, and they talked about, you know, performing in New York City. And they just, they, you know, they, they started off doing street performances as this act of three brothers. And, you know, now, you know, in the past few years, they, I mean, in the past decade, they've hit it relatively big in the past couple of years, really vaulted into some uh, major stardom. And that's kind of it, right? You, you get started, you pedal your act out and around where you can, you hope for people to help, you know, you can build an audience or you get noticed by the right folks, or you're just simply honing your craft. And back to the point about, you know, you're learning like what works and what doesn't by doing that. And so like, or like Greg says, like you talked about, you know, you, you do something in the studio and it sounds good and then you get out live and you're like, oh, OK, maybe that doesn't quite work. And then you go refine it or you go rework it or you go get rid of it or, you know, whatever. And sometimes you do stuff live and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's something new. And then you go back into the studio and try to figure it out. And yet that's all part of the act. Yeah. Part of the magic that happens. Yeah. And you mentioned AJR and I know other performers have also used the opportunity to figure out what makes them unique. So you think about Kiss and their makeup and all the theatrics that happen. That stuff just didn't happen overnight. They experimented with it, figured out what works, what can make their band stand out from other bands. And there's a lot of competition out there. I mean, if you, I've been to big cities and I've seen the street performers and to make yourself stand out, you have to come up with something unique. There's, that factor too. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be unique. There's, I mean, if you go to, you know, you go to New York city, I saw it, saw it in Barcelona. You see it in, you know, any kind of major city, you go, go around downtown and you've got all kinds of street performers and you go to any kind of park and you're going to see them. You go to a lot of street corners. You're going to see them outside certain types of buildings where they know a lot of people are going to gather like Times square. And you're right. It, there's a lot of acts out there. And so to stick out, you've got to have something interesting. And sometimes you don't even know what's going to be interesting. You're just throwing stuff out there, trying to find the thing that clicks. But 
that's that's absolutely part of it. And if you don't stick out, you're going to be just, you know, they're doing it for a while until you give up and, or you just do it until you can't do it anymore. Yeah, I saw something recently and there's all these new acts that just got inducted into the Rock Hall. And I know we always have a Rock Hall episode, so that's a little hint that we may be having one in the future. But what's interesting is Run DMC, one of their biggest things is they said, we just wanted to be rock stars. That's why if you listen to a lot of their songs, they've got rock samples. And you think about It's Tricky, yep. was that My Sharona, and they did the Walk This Way. Yep. And one of the trademarks was the shoelace, you know, no shoelaces in their shoes, if you remember that. Right. And they asked them, they said, well, what? Well, we always want to be the first to put the shoes on, so we just took the laces out. And then that was a fad. Right. It was just something they did, but that's something they're known for. As if you think about you know, the gold chains and the shoes with no shoelaces, it's interesting how just little things like that make you stand out from the crowd. And then they picked rock as one of their main mm-hmm. instruments. I mean, there was a combination there, and it then everyone started emulating them after that. Yeah, yeah, great great example, right? And and like you said with the shoe thing, it's it's little practical things that end up becoming something you get known for, right? We, we want to be the first to get our shoes on, so we're going to just going to leave them untied. And gosh, I remember back in like 7th grade, that was like the big thing for a year or so to not tie your shoelaces and teachers were driven nuts by tie your shoelaces. And and right that was that was a fad and that's exactly part of it. What's what's going to make you stick out? And sometimes it's the craziest thing you don't think is going to be it. And that's the thing that does it. Yeah, we can look back on history. Well, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. We'll listen to the story. And then when we come back, we'll wrap up the episode. And I have the honor of having Greg with us today. How are you, Greg? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, you know, what's interesting is we've been talking about, hey, you need to be on the podcast. And you do something that's very interesting when we started chatting that you do busking. And when you told me about it, I I always realized that what this is, but I never really understood what it was called, how you get into it. And I'd love to talk to you about one of your passions. Obviously I want to get into your music because I know you write and release music, but I would love to just start out defining is busking and what does it mean to you? So yeah, so uh, thanks for that question. Busking is any sort of public performance, typically on a street corner or in a park or something like that, but it's public performance for tips essentially, right? So it's not, it's not booked. It's not, there's not a a booking aspect to it. You just, depending upon the laws and the, and in, in the city you're in, you can just set up on a corner and uh, perform, whether that's doing magic, singing, dancing, playing music, you know, there are all sorts of, you know, public performance. If you go to a city like, you know, Chicago, you, you might see people singing, people dancing, you know, back in the, back when I was a kid, I used to love watching like street dancing, like break dancing and things like that. So it's, and like I said, it depends on the laws where you live. Now, Cleveland, uh, I'm, I'm in Cleveland, as you know, does not have laws other than you can't do it between certain times. I believe it's after, don't quote me on this. It's something like 8, 9 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 p.m. on the weekends mm-hmm. or something like that. But by and large, there's, there's, not a, there's not a limitation. There is some terrific information out there 
and a sponsorship program, Downtown Cleveland Alliance, in an effort to incentivize people to give this a shot, to, to bring some vibrancy to downtown, you can go to the Downtown Cleveland Alliance webpage, which I believe is downtownclevelandalliance.com. And at the bottom, there's a link to the busker program. And so you can you can register there to find more information about places that they've identified as a good pitch is what they, you call the performance space in busking. So you, they've identified some good pitches and and then you can register with them. And if you they'll I believe they'll pay you for your first few times going out. So at the very least, you'll get something like fifty dollars to go out and play, you know. Beyond that, you're just on your own, and it comes down to what people throw in the hat. And when you set up, do most buskers, I don't know if that's the right term, but do they find a specific spot they typically set up in, or do you move around based upon events? Is there a whole strategy about that? Yeah, there's definitely a strategy to it. I mean, you know, it, it, it can be helpful to go, you know, if you wanted to busk on a Saturday, I would say the Saturday before walk around downtown and kind of see where people, where there's a lot of foot traffic. You know, I, I would suggest not being in a place where you're going to be in the way of everybody. I mean, you want, you want people to, to see you, but you don't necessarily want people to, you know, you don't want to be like in the middle of people jostling around trying to get by you. You know what I mean? So you, you kind of find a busy place, but you tuck back against a building or something like that. There are little circles that the downtown Cleveland Alliance has put out. That's like a little circle with a, a hat logo in their suggested pitches. So th that can be helpful to find. Um, they have a map and everything as well. But like I said, it, it just, if you spend some time and you kind of scout the area where you want to perform, you get a pretty good sense of what the foot traffic is like, and then pay attention to things like the baseball schedule, football schedule. You know what, what last fall I, I set up, on one of the the main foot traffic routes to uh brown stadium on a sunday morning you know before the browns game and i probably five thousand people walked by me it was interesting and of course you know the the kind of festive mood everybody's in at 11 a.m 12 a you know 11 30 a.m on a sunday before a browns game is really it's really something to see i mean if nothing else busking is fantastic people watching it's so many questions here so sure. getting into it, what drove you to say, hey, I want to do that? You know, I was at the at the zoo, at the Cleveland Zoo, and there was a guy playing guitar and I was walking by and it was a hot day. And I thought, well, that looks, I bet that's fun. You know, like, not like, I mean, for me, at least I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm not uh, needing to go out there to busk to, you know, pay my rent or anything like that. I'm, I'm just like, hey, that looks, I bet that's a lot of fun, you know, and I just kind of kicked it around in my head and. And then I thought, well, you know, I didn't know what the what the regulations were in Cleveland. And frankly, I didn't know how to find out. But I did know that like in cities like I know in New York, you actually have to audition to get a, a street performing license. And I don't know if you have to audition in Chicago, but you need a license. And it's like, a you know, a couple hundred bucks a year or something like that, which, you know, if I was thinking of, well, if I'm going to have to pay a couple hundred dollars and I have no idea if I'm going to like this, then I... You know, that's kind of um, it's kind of a barrier to entry. Right? right. But in Cleveland, there's no law. There's no fee. You can just go try it. If you hate it. Cool. Pack your stuff up and go home. You know, but if you like it, then stay out there as long as you'd like, you know, and, and come back next weekend or come back, do it during the week. Cleveland's in, you know, it's it's interesting because on the weekends, it's 
there's stuff going on downtown, but during the week is probably a really nice time to get down there. You, you know, especially on a Friday afternoon, people bug out of work early. You know, you probably catch a lot of folks and get some smiles, you know? Yeah, it sounds like you like it. And when you're playing, I know that you write a lot of original music. Is it a combination of both? Are you adjusting, for example, Brown's game? Maybe you're going to play something different. Is it a lot of covers? Is it sure. covers? It depends. Yeah, that's a really, that's a great question. I um, So as far as my original music, I use busking to test it out. As I'm sure you know, I know you write as well. And sometimes you can write something and you think it's great. And then the very first time you play it in front of even one person, you go, oh my gosh, this whole middle section doesn't work at all. Or, no, you know, whatever. This doesn't make sense. The rhythm doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm too quiet. I'm too loud, whatever. And so you can, when you're busking, you can just try it out. and then. You don't necessarily have the most engaged audience because, you know, you're catching people while they're on their way to do something else, more or less. You know, you'll get people who stop and listen for a bit, but it's not like everyone's leaning forward and, you know, hanging on your every word. So you can try something out with that same feel of what it feels like in front of a crowd, but without that scrutiny, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, but then if you're trying to like, if you feel like you're, you're trailing a little bit, I mean, you know, that's that's when... I think I, I mix, I'm about 50-50 covers and originals, you know, and some, especially for the Browns game, you know, you're out there playing like everybody's working for the weekend and you get a bunch <laughs> of pumps and, you know, I mean, you can tailor to what, what the expectation is. Nobody wants to hear a soulful Jackson Brown song uh, when they're, you know, half in the bat on their way to a Browns game on a Sunday morning. Well, maybe they do, but maybe. it's something a little more peppy and upbeat, like, you know, talk dirty to me by poison or something's probably going to get, you know, get a little, uh, a little more festive reaction. So, <laughs> and I know we think we talked about this, but this is firecracker. I think one person band, you know, has the harmonica around the neck, the symbols between the knees. What type of setup are you, are you mostly, do you have one instrument, multiple instruments? What, what's your. Yeah. So I just set up yeah. with a guitar, no microphone. And I am a very noisy person naturally. So I'm, I just, you know, scream into the wind, you know, but you can absolutely, they, they make busking amps, you know, that are like rechargeable battery power or just battery powered amps. A lot of the places you're going to set up don't have live power available. I think there are a few places, but I wouldn't count on it. I would, if, if uh, anyone who, who wants to busk is, is needs an amp and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, especially if what you do is a, uh, is a electric piano or something, you know, you're going to need some sort of projection, some sort of amplification, I should say. And you're going to want to have something that's battery powered, you know, to, to kick that sound out. I just, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I just set up with an acoustic guitar and, you know, shout into the wind. <laughs> so, and that's good too. It's actually, <laughs> it's funny too, because that's a good way too to figure out, you know, like it teaches like I found myself like, oh, I'm learning a lot about how to breathe and sing, you know, because I had to really force project instead of being able to mumble into a microphone in my in my living room. You know, I can you know, you got to belt it out. So he talked about that when you're playing, it's 50 50 covers and originals. Sure. So your original music, when did you start writing that? Did, is that something you've been working on for a while? Have you? Yeah, I, mean, I I know you've been rather prolific lately, releasing music yeah. often. I appreciate that. Yeah, I um, 
I started writing music almost immediately when I started playing music. I started playing because I had some friends who wanted to start a, a, a metal band when we were in high school and they needed a drummer. So they asked my older brother, who's you know, three years older, so out of high school, and why would he want to play with a bunch of high school kids? So they asked him to play with them and he said he would do it, but only if I was in the band too, so he didn't feel like a goofball. And I didn't play anything. So he said, I don't know, get a keyboard or something and be like the guy in Faith No More. So I so I bought a keyboard out of the JCPenney catalog. And that day I wrote a song. I got, I got it home. I plugged it in and I wrote a song. And it wasn't, I mean, I still know it, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything great. It's just, that's the way I've always thought of it. And, and I think also because I'm self-taught, I don't think I'm a particularly gifted musician. So I've not had, I can't amuse myself by sitting and, and playing, you know, Lindsey Buckingham, Fleetwood Mac guitar parts all afternoon. I can't, I don't have that skill. So I, if I'm going to play guitar, I, I almost have to play something that I created. So I just have always written. And so, yeah, so that carried through, through college and on into my, my adult life. <laughs> and you have been releasing a lot of music lately. And what's that been like? Because for me, when I'm writing music, I feel like I, I just spend too long, you know, tinkering around and trying to get the idea the way I, I want to sound it. But it sounds like you've been able to really come up with a formula where you can get the music together, get it out there, share it. What's that been like? I love the way you phrased that because what you said is exactly why I started releasing music because I am a tinkerer and I will tinker. I think of writing songs like building a ship in a bottle, yeah. you know, like very precise and, and things have to be in just the right place. And once you get it in the right place, you can either set it aside and then come back to it in two weeks and go, oh, wait, there's this one other thing that I wanted to move just a little bit to the left, you know. Or I found that if I put it out on the streamers, that even if I have an idea, even if I don't like something, I'm like, well, too bad. It's already out there. I guess I could pull it down off the streamers and then keep spending the same money to maybe put it back up on the streamers. Or I could just never do anything with any of it. But yeah, I just, I just kind of somewhere in the pan, in the, in the quarantine times, I started writing songs. I decided to try to write and record a record in a month. I did that. A friend of mine said, you should do that every month. And I said, boy, I don't know if I could do every month, but I bet I could do every other month. And because I didn't have anything else going on, I mean, what are we all doing? I was just going for walks and writing songs and working, you know, I mean, it was quarantine, right? So I, I cranked out a bunch of albums. I don't know. I'm not even sure at this point how much of it is good or if any of it is great, but I like it. And I was listening to Rick Rubin on a podcast the other day. He said, that he never, when he's, when he's working on music with somebody, he doesn't try to make something that he thinks everybody will like, because he doesn't know what everybody will like. He makes something that he likes, because then at least one person likes it. And I thought, man, I really wish I, like, I feel that so deeply that I wish that that was my original thought, you know, like that, yeah, if you make something that just you like, fine, because at least one person likes it. But if you, if you're trying to chase something, like, I'm going to try to chase what's going to catch on and, and, and people are going to, everyone else out there is going to love it. We have no idea. I mean, you listen to, you know, popular music, it's so disparate. There's so many different things, so many songs that you never thought would be a hit or a hit. And so many songs, songs that you hear that are album cuts and you think, why wasn't this the hit? You know, it doesn't, none of it really makes any sense. 
I'm sure there's probably some musicologists out there. And I've listened to some other episodes of this podcast. And I think you guys do a great job of explaining why some songs are hits and some songs aren't. But even still, there are plenty of songs that would meet those criteria that aren't hits, right? Yeah. So for me, writing and recording and releasing stuff is just like, well, I just, this is just its own reward. You know, I, I love the process of doing it. And then it's out and then I release it. And then that way it's out of my hair. I like, I don't have to think about it anymore. Like, good, that's done. Now I can think about something else. Cause otherwise I would just be carrying around an ever growing number of songs in a bag on my back, you know, and it would just keep getting heavier and heavier if I never got to do anything with them, you know? So we had a artist on Hal Walker and he for years had recorded music and then he just posted something up on TikTok. And the next thing you know, he was saying that some rapper sample did and something happened over here. So it, like you said, you just don't know where music is. A lot of songs begin because they're being played on TikTok and then they make it to the radio. There's even on Sirius XM, they call it TikTok radio. Yeah. It's you're right. You just don't know. And I've heard that too before. I think Eddie Van Halen said something like that, where they play music and they're like, well, if we like it, we're going to release it. And then also, I think it's easier to remember too, if you like it, because <laughs> you could play it back. Sure. So. Yeah, that's the, that's the ABBA thing, right? Uh, never write anything down because if it's, it's a catchy melody, it'll stay in your head. You don't need to write it down or something like that. Kind of paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah, it, exactly. And that's interesting. So you've been releasing the streaming and it's under Greg. So if I, we go and search, yeah. is that how we find out more about music? Yeah, this is where I would have needed a PR firm <laughs> or something because it turns out that there are a lot of people with the name Greg. And I'm not the only person who's going by Greg just as a single name artist, right? So there's Greg. Uh, if, you if you search for me, I'm in there, but there's also a bunch of other Gregs. So a more reliable way to find it would either be to go to my website, which is Greg plus guitar, all spelled out, dot com. So Greg and then P-L-U-S guitar dot com. And then there are links to like you know, Apple Music and Spotify and, and YouTube and things like that. Or uh, my band camp is thegregshow.bandcamp.com or something like that. But right. And, and so that's the funny thing. So I, you know, terrible PR. I don't promote anything. I just throw it out there and see what happens. But then I get these reports from the, from the streamer folks that like, hey, this song, you know, it's not. And when I say caught on, I don't mean caught on like thousands of plays, but even like a couple of dozen plays in Egypt is baffling to me. Like, how did somebody find this? Like, what, what's going on? But I do. I have like reliable listeners in Egypt and in Argentina, you know, like it's strange, you know, because again, I, I'm not, I don't know how people are finding these things, but they do. And that's, it almost makes me want to do even less to ever promote anything. So I'm like, well, this is just a pure joy, you know, finding out that the, you throw a song out in the world and it finds, finds an ear, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. There's somebody walking through a desert right now listening to Greg. I know someone streamed a song like 45 times in a weekend. And I was like, I wish I could get a hold of him and ask him if everything's okay. <laughs> that, that'll be the next wave of music where you'll be able just, to do that. Fly out there and play in their front yard. I'm like, hey, I mean, if I have a fan, then here we go. You know? Number one fan. So <laughs> from music, it sounds like from day one, you just start writing, sit down, hit a key, and music comes out. And is that the same way now? You just basically, an idea comes to you and you just play it. Yeah, it comes, 
a bunch of different ways. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm like directly inspired by something I'm listening to. Like, wow, I really like the way that snare drum in that song sounds. Let me see if I can find a drum machine emulator or a drum emulator that sounds like that snare drum. And in doing that, looking around for that sound, I'll end up like trying to make a little rhythm. And then next thing you know, I'm start, I start piling everything on. You know, it's never like, I really like that melody. I'm going to take it. It's more like, I really like this little tiny piece in a song and I want to know how they did it. So I want to deconstruct it. And then in doing that, I end up coming up with like my own little thing. Or I'll think like, I want to write a song about driving around in Cleveland. And then I think about, well, what would that sound like? And what kind of thing, you know, so it, it comes in a bunch of different ways. I sometimes will write like an entire, you know, song you know, musically, like just write all of the music and then just listen to it when I walk around for like weeks on end, you know, just, just listen to it like once a day and th see if anything pops into mind, you know, as far as a, a vocal melody or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I can, I can, I can sit down and say like, okay, I want to write a song right now and I can come up with, you know, something, it won't necessarily be good, but I can, I can kind of, you know, shove through it if I'm, if I'm feeling like I'm, like I'm lagging or something, but you know, mm -hmm. the good ones come out of the clear blue sky. That's the darndest thing. You know, the, the, the songs that, you know, the, I'm sure you've had it too, where you, something falls together so easily. You think, wait a minute, am I ripping this off? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're using sound hound or, or trying to figure out if, if this, I mean, Paul McCartney has said that a few times when he's written something he's like, wait a minute. Right. Are you sure this isn't a song already? Right, isn't that when when they talked to him about publishing when he was a when he was you know they were they were first signing uh, with the label and they talked about publishing and he's like, what do you mean? Like these songs are just in the air. What do you mean we own them? You know, like it was interesting. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that, I'm sure that record label was like, yeah, of course, sure. Then then don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, music definitely is a mystery. It sounds like you know you've been doing this it's fun music comes to you you know you're sharing with others and it's just part of what you do and, and i think that's the joy of tunes mate that we yeah. always want to be talking about how music can impact you and you may be thrown back a memory you talked about that people could be walking down you play a song and it sparks a memory and for you if if you had to put together you know greg's go-to playlist you know are there specific artists on there is it going to vary by day or is there always that you know these 10 artists i just can't live without hearing them yeah that's largely varies day to day though like the staple is like the beatles and the beach boys and you know led zeppelin and the kinks and there are a few albums that I like make it a point to sit down and do nothing else and listen to them front to back a few times a year. One of those is Sweet with Mac Rumors. I just will like sit down and, you know, not while I'm cleaning the house, just sit down and really listen. I do find that I probably have spent more hours of my life listening to the Beatles than the Beatles have. Um, <laughs> and, and same goes for like the Beach Boys and things like that. I really like Prince a lot. The National, as far as like a current, you know, like a, a band mm. who's releasing new records now, I really like The National. The Tunes Mate episode a few weeks back on uh, Thriller sent me on a Michael Jackson deep dive that I was really grateful for because Thriller is an album I listen to front to back, like maybe once every two or three years. But then, and then all of a sudden I started listening to like Off the Wall and then I was going back into the Jacksons and then the Jackson 5 and I just had this wonderful three-day stretch of 
Michael Jackson, you know, and actually the same thing with with the Willie Nelson episode. And I'm not trying to turn this back on you and talk about tunes, mate. But I mean, you described that so beautifully that, yeah, that's the joy of music is what the podcast is about. And I one of the things I enjoy about the episodes is, you know, when you got whether it's you guys are ranking your your favorite Willie Nelson songs or just talking about like an, an era or like a, you know, a little parcel of music history that I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember that, you know, and then. And then I start like listening to that and then other songs around it and rediscovering things that I hadn't thought about in a while. And then inevitably that's going to lead me to, you know, maybe want to make something new, you know, I mean, who knows, but it's just, uh, it's music is a, a, it's, it sure is a fun thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much. And you think about that and I appreciate you glad the inspiration is soaking in because really this whole podcast, this whole concept started because of Michael Jackson's death. And Ray and I call each other and say, hey, we should blog about this. And it just kind of started. Wow. And it, it is interesting. You know, you bring up songs. They just, we just put something up with the pretenders. And you think about all the pretenders. You know, there's probably dozens of hit songs you can go through your mind. I never heard of the song before. Show me. I don't know what that is. And I, I know it's on their greatest hits because back in the day, I used to own the, you know, well, they owned me, Columbia House oh, Music. Yeah, yeah. Those were the <laughs> and I had I used to order, you know, all those greatest hits. And I know I have the pretender singles. I don't remember that song because they always just play the one song. And that's exactly you nail it on the head. That's the whole point is that we want to inspire and get people to think about songs that they just haven't thought about. So I'm I'm glad the message of Tunes Made is seems to be connecting. It's definitely connecting with me. I mean, gosh, I hadn't, I mean, truthfully, I hadn't listened to the, the Van Halen record. And uh, when you, you had, it was like maybe two episodes ago and, and you were talking about the, I don't even remember what song it was, but on, on Van Halen three. And I was like, man, they're really talking this up. I better, I better listen to it. And so I like paused the episode to listen to it. And then I like went back and listened to what you guys were saying about it. I was like, yeah, they're right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, it's a good show. Excellent. Well, if you want to think about busking, this is a definite opportunity for you. There's a lot of information in here, and I appreciate, Craig, talking about your passion, getting out there. It's one of those things where, like you said, you may like it, you may not like it. You, you may get out there and find out, hmm, this is too much for me, but you may find out it's hey. your next passion. And it sounds like you've just been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? If you go out there, you set up, and after five minutes, you go, I can't do this. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to know. Nobody knows how long you've been out there. So there's no shame in trying it. Just give it a shot, you know? And if you want want to be financially incentivized, go check out the Downtown Cleveland Alliance (laughs) website and sign up for their busker program because they'll, they'll send you a check. They send it very quickly and they'll help you set up a time, you know, they'll help you find a time and you know, things like that. Like they're, they're very helpful, but yeah, it's, I don't know whether or not it's for everybody. I've had a lot of fun with it. So, and I really appreciate having a chance to come on and, you know, talk about it. Yeah. I I hope we get some more buskers out there and share music because, Hey, that's once again, it can inspire somebody else. Like you said, you saw that first person playing guitar and then it inspired you. So who knows, maybe there's a next future generation of buskers coming to a corner near you. Sure. That would be wonderful. All right, well, it was excellent having you on the podcast. Check out Greg's music and thanks for joining today. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, welcome back from the episode. 
Ray, I thought it was fascinating how Greg said, you know what? If it isn't for you, you can just walk away. And I think a lot of people, when you think about performing, you think about, oh, I've I've got to go to a bar. I've got to book a gig or I got to go here. You can simply, depending on your city and permits, start playing on a corner. And if it's not your thing, then walk away. I mean, it's one of it. There's not a lot of commitment to busking. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of it. It's like you said, you just walk away. You find another spot. Try to find the audience that meets with you. Uh, again, that's part of the music business. You're not going to appeal to all audiences. You're trying to find the audience that that likes your music, that appreciates you, that's into the same things you're into. And as a street performer, you got to find your your spot. And if it's not working, you got to go find something else. And it's just, you know it's kind of the same way with music, right? We, you know, if we don't like it, well, we walk away. And if you know, then that's kind of how you have to be as a musician. If people don't like it, you have to let them walk away. You have to recognize, well, maybe it's not for them. And, and then you go either, if you're not being successful with anybody, you go find something else that, that maybe will be successful or you go find your niche. Yeah. And we also got into a discussion of TunesMate and the purpose, which is we want to continually get you hooked into music that maybe you didn't hear of. I mean, there was one recently we talked on the podcast, you posted one of the pretenders hits, show me. And I... I have the greatest hits <laughs> and I remember listening to show me, but that's not the song that's getting played. The songs that get played are Ohio. And then you think about the, they don't even play the one from the nineties. Yeah. I'll stand by you. you. When's the last time you heard that one? Occasionally I hear that one. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's, okay. it's back in the chain gang, middle of the road mm-hmm. and brass in pocket. Right. You hear brass and pocket all the time. And then um, maybe at the holiday time, you hear the uh, 10,000 right. miles. Never yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't hear. I guess I hear don't get me wrong because I play it myself. Right. That, <laughs> that you're right. You don't or I'll stand by you. Occasionally you hear that one. But yeah, you're right. It's that it's kind of the the big ones. And it's just like with any act. Right. You know, you got the the ones they're known for and those get played and played and played. But it gets it gets tiring. Like the, yeah. the other week I had just a random I put on a random streaming channel and Michael Jackson came up and you could probably right off the top of your head, right off Michael Jackson songs. But the song that was played was one they don't play, which was off the Invincible album. It was Rock My World. When's the last time you heard Rock My World? Probably when it came out. <laughs> but it's it's a good song. Yep. They don't play it. They always play right. the five, ten songs. And, right. and I know if you look at the Bible... That was the title track, I believe, released off that album. So generally, back in that day, it was like 20 years ago plus, that yep. that song most likely charted high because it was the, the lead single. So you go, well, the same thing. So that's the goal. We started talking about the fact that looking at some of these tracks, and a lot of people call them deep tracks. Are they deep tracks? Or is it just that you, because they charted high, is it, or is yeah. it just the fact that somebody somewhere thinks that these three or four songs represent right. that artist and nothing else represents them? Yep. No, I think you're exactly right. To me, a deep track is something that didn't get released as a single, but it's a great song on an album. That's a deep track, like something you got to know the album and the tracks on it. I mean, You Rock My World was a top 10 hit. You know, you don't, 
no, that's not a deep track. That was a, just a, it was a, it was a hit you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. And there's a lot of those. So that's the, if you think about it, just going back and putting on the invisible album, you know, you sure put down the thriller album or you always, right. bad's always play it all the time. And then dangerous doesn't really get a time of day. You might get, keep it in the closet or yeah. uh, what else was off of there? Black and white. Black and white or remember the time, the ones you get most likely to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't heard in the closet since probably the year after it came out. Uh, jam remember jam yeah michael jordan was in it. yeah right that you know that one you don't hear anymore you do hear hear heal the world here and there occasionally really um yeah i get it he used it for the super bowl that that following year and so it got a little bit of you know kind of attention even though i mean it was actually the of the hits off that album that was the one that actually had the lowest peak position or uh when's the last time you heard who is it who? Right? Probably remember what is it? What is that? Who is it? Who, what is what? You know exactly. That was it. That was the that was the last of the uh, the six top forty hits off of the Dangerous album. I totally. I mean, when you said it, I remembered it. Right. But if you were to ask me, if you were to say, "Hey, name all the tracks off the Dangerous album," I I would have yep. definitely left that one off. I, mean, exactly. I remember the cover. I bought the thing. I think that was in college sometime. I remember yep. that. Weird Al attempted to do another cover of Michael Jackson's songs. He said, no. Do you remember this yep. one? It was going to be Snack All Night. Snack All Night, yep. He's like, come on, Al. You yeah, did I, eat it. You did fat. Did Can you just that. stop already? <laughs> I want to trifecta. I need the trilogy. Yeah, really. Good stuff. So just remember the slime or something, you know. Is that is that with uh, Living it's in the Fridge? Well, I was thinking like Nickelodeon. It's a it's a retrospective of you know uh, watching Nickelodeon as a kid. I'll, Remember the slime? Yeah, and they could just do a whole montage of every celebrity that ever got dumped slime on top of them. It'd probably be a pretty long video, but it would probably start <laughs> off with Mark Summers. Right. Oh no, totally. Well, it'd start out with you can't do that on television. Oh yeah. And then they'd go to Mark Summers, and then you 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 you, you know it, man. Yeah. Well, at least we know slime is still alive. Still being utilized. There you go. No, but that's. I mean, it's great. You know uh, that he he uh, he's he's what he's checking out our website and our podcast, and that's exactly what it's all about, right? The love of music. We're celebrating music here, and you know that that folks are seeing it and thinking this is cool, and finding value and finding meaning and finding memories in these songs. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and you recently, like you said, you you had some flashbacks here recently. And I was, I was just amazed just looking through here. You had, you know, everybody backstreet. I mean, that's 25 years ago and you go, okay, I remember that song and it's no longer, we're not referring to new kids anymore. Now it's the next generation of boy bands that we're flashing back to. And we're going to continue to see this. I mean, there was a 25 years ago, there was a huge outpour of boy bands and then they came back recently with BTS. So it's yep. just that phenomenon seems to keep going. Yeah, that's one that always kind of has its its peaks and valleys. And you, people get into boy bands and then they get the backlash against boy bands. And then three or four years later, we got boy bands again. And yeah, you're exactly right. And that stuff that's 25 years ago, that 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 plays with my mind that these songs that were, you know, I do the I do the 25 years ago in the 90s. And I'm like, then I do the math. I'm like, yep, it was 98. And but it's just crazy to think the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. 
you know, uh, Will Smith, you know, Montel Jordan, Destiny's Child, right? You know, these are 25 years ago. Yeah. Like, that's that's man. Beyonce <laughs> I mean, yeah. when she began. And yep, it's yeah. So for all those out there that you're looking for something you want to do, go back. There's definitely a lot there. And then the last thing I wanted to say is I saw you were celebrating Burt Bacharach. And I know that he recently had passed away. And I, I love the song that you picked. I it's He's got so many. I mean, right. raindrops keep falling on my head. You can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, that was, I love that song. I sing it all the time. But as you said, you really... You can't go wrong with that one, but there were so many. I walk on by, you, you go on down the list. Mm -hmm. Always something there to remind me, you know, just go right on down the list of all of the songs that he's he was involved with. And so, you know, he just passed away and I was like looking at the week of birthdays and I was like, no, we got to celebrate Burt Bacharach. We really got to celebrate him. And uh, I mean, raindrops keep falling on my head. Just a, a classic. Well, we appreciate you following the blog subscribing to the podcast once again from everyone here at tunes may thank you for listening i'm mark and i'm ray and we will see you next time